everyone, and welcome to episode 395 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week, kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you this fine Monday, Richard? Hey, Seth. Dominaria. Spoiler season. Let's go. This set's so sweet. This set is so sweet. And that's going to be a big topic on our cast today. But before we get into all that, we got another co-host in Krim. Good morning, Krim. How are you today? Morning, Seth. I'm um, good. Also pretty excited because, yeah, we've got, uh, we're pretty much almost at rotation and we've got, you know, a bunch of new cards, so. Yeah, so we're right in the middle of Dominaria United spoiler season. We should be getting the full set the end of this week. We got a ton of cards to talk about, which is going to be one of our big topics today. But we also got some other news to talk about. There was some crazy news in the TCG marketplace just this morning that we had to get to. We got some stuff about other products related to Dominaria United, like Dominaria Remastered, a new secret layer drop that we wanted to hit on. And then, of course, we're going to spend a bulk of the cast talking about sweet new Dominaria. United card. So before we do, a reminder that today's show is brought to you by Card Conduit. And Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards. And if you're tired of all the hassles that's involved with buy listing your cards, well, Card Conduit's got you covered. They let you skip all the typing, all the time, all the work it takes to sell their cards, uh, to sell your cards. And with their curated shipment service, you can send it as many cards as you want with a buy list value of a dollar or more and pay just a 5% service fee. And if you want, to put in a little bit of effort on your end you can use their sorted service where you list and sort your cards ahead of time and pay just a two percent fee and no matter what option you choose you're going to get a detailed report with the results in a fast payment once your order is processed and you can even get another 10 percent off if you head over to cardconduit.com slash mtg goldfish card conduit they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards so let's talk some magic and we had some huge news break just this morning a month ago we were talking about tcd player uh buying out channel fireball well today tcd player itself was bought out by ebay richard what is going on in the in the magic market 295 million dollars of what's going on seth uh what just bought tcg player done um they just said 295 million. Uh, it's closing in Q1 2023. So uh, actually, just in a couple of months, they're you know gotta do regulatory stuff. I don't know what, uh, but yeah, uh, I got a little email from TCG Player. They said they're still running independently, whatever that means. So you know their CEO will continue doing the stuff, but now they're owned by eBay. So, um, yeah. Talking about you don't like TCG player marketplace, you can go sell on eBay. Well, well, that point is moot now. <laughs> so, so this has to be a bad thing, right, for players overall, just because it's more consolidation. Like we thought, there was risk that TCG buying out Channel Fireball could be a bad thing, just because that's less competition, less places for you to sell your cards. And again, this mostly involves selling your cards rather than buying your cards if you're gonna buy cards you got card kingdom you got cool stuff and you got stars there's a million options for buying cards but if you want to sell your cards it's pretty much just ebay now ebay slash tcd player so i don't know i feel like this is probably a bad thing overall for the community and at this point ebay's just kind of got a monopoly on the on the card market to a pretty huge extent and i think that the other thing that scares me about this is we're talking about, well, maybe someone can come in and compete with TCG player. If TCG player like jacks up all their fees and, you know, sellers don't want to use them anymore, maybe someone else can come in and compete with them. That's going to be pretty hard if you're competing with eBay money. Like eBay, that's that's like big time real money. Worry, like, I, I got a Kickstarter yeah. going. We're just two hundred and ninety five million dollars short. Just going to sell some more playmats. Um, we got it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. casual two hundred ninety five million million dollars okay cool yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense <laughs> okay so so okay so, so there's a couple things right so a this sounds like a lot but just remember that whatnot came out of nowhere and they're worth like four billion dollars and they raise like hundreds of millions of dollars right so you can just like spring up out of nowhere and then do something uh, and then get post malone to talk about it so that that is a thing but i think so the difference between this is when tcg player acquired channel fireball aside from being smaller scale, like TCG player has its roots in Magic the Gathering, right? It has its roots in collectible card games. Like you kind of 
expect that they know what they're doing um, relating to card games. However, now this is kind of like Hasbro buying magic where, you know, yes, a marketplace bought another marketplace, but eBay does not have that history of collectible card games and, and, you know, selling card game marketplaces and things like that. Right. So that is what worries me where some suits will come in and like, yeah, we can increase profit margins X, Y, Z while foregoing kind of like what the collectible community wants. So I feel this one's a little scarier and also it's just a lot bigger. Like our last hope is like Amazon buys, I don't know, SCG. I have no idea. Or, or Liliana. <laughs> like ah. a- Amazon just buys Hasbro. Okay. Like we just buy Hasbro, but yeah, like there's no real marketplace, right? It's like Amazon or TCG, I guess card market in the, in the EU, right? Could do. Something. I wish they came. I wish they came over here like that. This would be the, their chance. If they could sneak into the North American market now, that would be absolutely awesome. Right, yeah. But Amazon yeah. buys card market and then busts into the U S market. <laughs> there. There we go. There we go. That would that would okay, do it. What not I mean, buys eBay? <laughs> Wait, I think eBay's ahead of what not it. I think it'd okay, be the other way. Okay, probably. Twitch <laughs> buys what not. Okay, and then <laughs> okay, <laughs> and then they buy <laughs> eBay because Twitch is actually Amazon. Well, and then Walmart buys Amazon. I don't. I don't know how this goes, Seth. What do we? I, do? I actually <laughs> think that like if if Twitch bought what not, that kind of makes sense, right? Like that, that would that would actually make a lot of sense. Um, so I I don't know I don't I don't I don't think that'll happen. But I'd love uh, if there was someone to buy whatnot. I think it, it's them, right? But I think whatnot's doing fine on its own now. Unless oh god, what if like eBay buys whatnot as well and just yeah, like this, truly this is the future? You can't put up listings. You got to make TikToks <laughs> to sell your cards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. now, when you sell anything, you have to essentially go like if that happens. Oh god, that'd be so bad, right? Because yeah, now we. All the card places are just under TCG, at least from what I, I'm remembering. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess yeah. we solve this by playing Magic Arena, where you can't sell any of your cards. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Silver linings, I guess. Uh, like, like I, I do think, though, that this is interesting. I mean, I just found out about this through you, you all talking about it. So it just sounds a little... I don't know it, it sounds interesting, but I, I'm curious. Like, will this mean that, like, maybe eBay will kind of, like, copy... The whatnot model, because like if you've used the eBay app, it's one of like the worst apps ever. I don't even think it use it like works um, <laughs> half the time. So, uh, do you think now that this means like eBay is gonna like restructure its mobile app, to drop like an app that's actually usable you can live stream with, kind of copy essentially the whatnot model? Well, just just so it's clear, uh, it was TCG Player that got bought out. I think we got whatnot mixed up in this conversation oh, a little yeah, bit, but right. but it's eBay that bought TCG. Right. So, but then eBay maybe they would copy whatnot, but I don't think they're actually like actively involved in the mix. I, mean, really, I, I would say this, this right? Point. So, whatnot cashed in on the collectible surge during COVID. Right. Right. And this shows that eBay is paying to collect, is paying attention to collectibles. Right, like they, they actually know about TCG Player. They actually went through the effort and bought TCG Player. So they're focusing on investing in collectibles. And it would not surprise me if they added a, a whatnot competitor or something, like if that turns out to be a real model. Um, but, you know, I expect eBay to further invest in collectibles, so like more magic cards, more Pokemon cards, more whatever new cards come out. So th- this does mean that eBay does care about collectibles, right? And I, I don't know how the revenue breaks down, like what sells the most stuff on eBay. But, you know, apparently collectibles is worth three, you know, $295 million to them, right? So, so that's a good thing, right? There's money in magic cards. That's a good thing, right? But, you know, we'll see what they do with this, you know, investment and what they decide to, um, how they decide to shape the marketplace. Yeah, and see that, that's and what already- I, that's what I mean. I want to I want to see if like eBay will then copy right because like if they own TCG Player right they, that means like I, I'm curious if they're gonna try to copy the whatnot like app model and the way the live streaming and all that works. Uh, they usually probably will and it probably won't work, right? Like you know like <laughs> you know Facebook ha- you know bought Instagram and then they they tried to copy this thing and then YouTube tried to copy Instagram and then YouTube tried to copy TikTok and like, usually it doesn't work out <laughs> when the big company tries to copy whatever hot new thing comes up but um maybe maybe it'll work 
And eBay has been heading this direction. Like a year ago, they announced their uh, authenticity guarantee thing, where for cards that were over a certain value, they were essentially going to get them graded or inspected to make sure they're real. Because I think there hasn't been a ton of confidence in buying cards off eBay for a while. It was considered risky. You never knew if someone would send you a counterfeit or uh, like it was just it got a little sketchy. And people tried to a lot of people tried to avoid buying on eBay. So I feel like this is kind of a logical next step if eBay really is serious about getting into the collectibles market tcg player is as far as magic cards go at least like the biggest name in in the u.s uh, as far as selling magic cards so it does make a lot of sense also it sounds like it worked out well for tcg player employees which uh is awesome like uh, i was you never know with something like this but it sounds like employees all get stock options so all the response i've seen from people who actually work for tcg player has been pretty positive about uh this eb uh ebay buyout because it seems like it's going to work out uh well for them so i'm glad that those people got taken care of at least because you never know with mergers and buyouts how it's going to go <laughs> for you know for all the regular people that are working at these companies but it sounds like in this case it actually worked out well for a lot of the tcd employees which is good seth were you gonna say eb games <laughs> who knows what i was gonna say i think i was just stumbling over my words there okay. so maybe i don't know it's like ev games damn that's a does that still exist no right? I, I don't think so I, I thought that just became gamestop wait Okay, we're getting off track. All right, forget it. No more EV <laughs> <Yeah>. games. <laughs> no more what? Let's we, get back to Dominaria. All right, we got we got other topics to talk about. Before we get to spoilers, we got two pieces of adjacent news. One is Wizards actually announced Dominaria Remastered, and we were talking about this a little bit last week, or maybe it was on the stream. I don't remember. But it was a set that I was hyped about, and I was a little worried, or Richard, I think, was a little worried that maybe uh, oh. maybe they would mess it up, but no, it no, sounds no, no, like... No, no, it wasn't. I mean, Richard was like a little worried let's be honest i was the biggest downer on it <laughs> but they're doing it right it's gonna contain cards from 27 different sets basically anything set on dominaria in the past and they already previewed a couple cards and one of them's like an old border force of will that looks really good so what do you guys think about dominaria remastered like they're nailing it right they're doing it the way that we were hoping that they would do it but we weren't sure that they would uh so far we've seen force of will that's all i've seen from this is there more coming from it uh there will be more cards in this <laughs> i mean yeah, yes yes, more than force of <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I got that but have we seen any other spoilers right there's no. there's one other we, there's one other card uh aboria oh uh, it's okay, like a okay, yeah. legends legends common or uncommon but yeah those are the only two cards that we've seen so far but they did say on the stream they're pulling from 27 sets so it's not just like the most recent dominaria it's nothing like double feature or anything like that so i mean I, okay so like th this is like so far pretty cool i personally uh like the idea of like the force of will that i've seen the old border all of that so it sounds though like I, i'm curious how many cards will be old bordered will it just be like the rare slot is that what's going to be in the old border or or what because I mean, and, and and will this solve the foiling issue? Because I hope this set, if you open a foil, like if it's like the old foils where you'd see the old Watsy stamp and all that, those are great. Uh, and they also didn't curl like instantly as soon as they came out of the pack. So, uh, so far I like everything I've seen from, from Dominaria Remastered. So I, I will be first to admit, like as of right now, I am eating my words and I'm super duper happy that it looks good because I'd rather it be great and not the failed potential that was double feature is is it for a old border more expensive booster uh, box like is it e so it is so i think the comparison is time spiral remastered uh, right now we've seen boxes for around 2ish 100 for places that listed them super early and wizards did say during the stream that it is a limited print run set so my biggest fear is there's not enough of it cuz time spiral remastered was awesome but it ran out of supply super quick and boxes got super expensive so a lot of people couldn't get them so that's my one my only concern really with this that is will there be enough of it but yeah it is an expensive box limited print run remastered set okay so I, the, the thing is what will be in it and wizards always puts enough value to justify the price on paper right at least the pre reprint price so we've seen force of will so we'll see other expensive cards and I think people will generally be happy with it. And like Seth said, depends on the print run, whether this 
makes a dent in Force of Will's price or not. Right now, boxes, you can pre-order them on eBay for $177. And actually, based on Times Bar Remastered, I'm almost tempted to like pick up a couple boxes because Laz, I'm just so nervous it's gonna run out of supply and oh. be really expensive because that's I, what I, happened I heard with that a pro one. Tip from Reddit, I think. So if anything is sold by Amazon, um, and you're will, you're willing to uh, play the the Russian roulette of uh, did you get real product or not? You can pre-order on Amazon, and if the price goes down, uh, you get the new price. If the price goes up, your price remains locked in, and you can cancel up until like the day before release. So if it turns out that this thing is a is a bust, you can just cancel. If boxes have doubled in price, congrats, you've like locked in your double profits, right? So uh, pre-ordering on Amazon actually lets you uh, get an advantage on the price. Oh, and also on the, I'm looking at the list uh, listing right now. Uh, some news that we didn't have before. There's a retro frame card in each pack. And also a retro frame land in each pack, which uh, I don't think we had heard that before. So interesting. There, so they are going to fix the issue. I mean, like, not the issue, I guess. Like the, the thing well, you got is, one. You got one new frame and double. Yeah, you double got feature, that double right? feature. You got to get here right? too, yeah. right? One retro yeah. frame in every pack. All right, one one last piece of news. We got a secret layer drop announcement. Oh. Richard, what is our next uh, crossover secret layer drop? Universes <laughs> beyond. Doctor Who. Yeah, I've never watched Doctor Who. I don't know what's going on. Is this cool? <laughs> I, I mean, I think this is cool. I watched Doctor Who at least, maybe not recently, but like uh, because I my favorite doctors uh, got swapped out uh, in David. Essentially, they have a new lead uh, every few seasons, um, and I I think I dropped off. I I think the eleventh Doctor and the twelfth Doctor. So I think they're on like seventeen now. I believe. Uh, they, <laughs> how many, how many wow. episodes or seasons is Doctor Who here? If we have 17 oh, Doctors. It is a lot. It's a lot of episodes. Um, but the good news is I think you can watch them. Uh, like, you don't have to watch them all in, like, chronological order unless you want to. Because uh, I technically started with the 10th Doctor, Christopher Eccleston. Uh, I might be off on the number, but I started off with Christopher Eccleston. And I don't actually know any of the older Doctor stuff. Uh, but yeah, like I, I thoroughly love David Tennant and Matt Smith's run. So that's like, yeah, 11th and 12th Doctor. So I. Okay, wait, wait, Crib, is this series still relevant in 2022? I believe so, yes, because they just announced like the newest Doctor. Um, well, again, I do not remember the number of it, but like, yeah, like they, it's pretty big. It's like big on the like BBC. Nice. And is it for boomers? I. It, you <laughs> or know, Zoomers. It okay, has boomers, right? It's been around for like forever, right? Yeah, it's been around forever, and it—I, I mean, I don't know many Zoomers that are, are loving Doctor Who, and if if you do, that's great. Like, you know, let us know. <laughs> so, so I won't have to hear insufferable complaints about universes beyond because boomers love this IP and it's popular. <laughs> it's still relevant. <laughs> is that no, you'll you'll, me, you'll you'll hear that anyways. That's gonna happen as as long as magic is magic. You'll hear that. <laughs> so. I don't know. I I think it. I think it's great news. I I don't know. I like it. I I don't. I I, I don't know anything about Doctor Who. I thought Doctor Who was a cover band, oh like doctors God. playing pinball wizard or something. <laughs> no, but, no. But apparently it's a it's a TV show that's been going since like the '60s. So I don't know. Like it's it's not for me, but that's that's fine. I think they said they were doing collector boosters of these, right? And like oh, commander decks. Yeah. I think they're doing it like. Almost like the the Warhammer uh, crossover, yep. so it'll be interesting, I guess. Like, so, so not modern legal, just commander legal. So we I believe just commander, eternal legal, or whatever they call it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, not yet. Put in commander, but like, just I just want you all to know that there's a thing called a Dalek, and it looks like this, like like you know the Monopoly piece, the the thimble. Yeah, it looks like a mm-hmm. thimble with a plunger attached to it, and then like that's that's like pretty much like the one of the scarier. <laughs> evil minions <laughs> that attack. I mean, I, I per, like, yeah, there's, there's actually some pretty cool creatures and whatnot, but like, it's a sci-fi show, but it's like a campy sci-fi show. Interesting. Well, that stuff's coming up in the future. We got some magic news that's coming right now, which is Dominary United spoilers. We have so many cards to talk about. Richard, why don't you take it away and guide us through some spoilers and we'll see how many we can get through. All right, Dominar United. This is the next standard set 
Standard is rotating, by the way, uh, when this set releases. Uh, you can find all the cards on mpgpreviews.com. And uh, first, we'll just start things off with returning, uh, returning mechanics, domain, and kicker. And this time, the twist on kicker is you can kick in like different colors, uh, but otherwise, it's just kicker. Uh, so you can like have a green spell. You can kick it with like blue mana explicitly. Uh, and then we have. Uh, did we have that in invasion? We have that invasion. We? Yeah, we did. Okay. Right. I think ignore that. I, th I think the twist is the multi kicker part. Like it's uh, multi kicker cards, multi colors. Yeah. Multicolor, multi-kicker. So, like, uh, there's a card that's Urborg Lurgoyf, the new Tarmogoyf. Yeah. It's one in a green. You can kick it for blue and or black, and you mill three cards for each time you kick it. So you can pay one in a green and a blue, one in a green and a black, or one in a green and a blue and a black, and then you'd get the kicker twice. So that's the twist that we haven't seen before is, like, the pseudo-multi-kicker, not quite multi-kicker, but you can kick it two times if you have the right colors. Yeah. Yep. And we're just going to ignore this Lurgoyf here. That's so Why? hyped about it's 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 so bad. Is it is it better than Tarmogoyf? I mean, Tarmogoyf isn't that good anymore. Is, is, uh, I is mean, it, it dies to level? unholy heat just the same. So I guess it's <laughs> this, this is, it's cheaper. Uh, it this is costs you less worse. money before you scoop. So <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true. Okay, financially this might be better, but like this is much worse than Tarmogoyf. It's mm. it's it's. It's the Tarmogoyf. It's not Tarmogoyf, right? It's Boneyard Worm, right? It's power and right. toughness uh, equal to creatures. So you need to mill yourself. You need to have lots in of creatures. Your yard. In your yard. Yeah. That's the so biggest this, thing. Yeah. This is, this is rough. And then you're playing Saltai if you want to multi-kick it as well. So it, it's rough. Is this standard playable? Are we going to see this as standard? I mean, I, I'd love to be proven wrong, but I think no. <laughs> um, and I, I will tell you this, though. I will play a historic deck eight goyf and and we're gonna we're, we're gonna i we're gonna lose a lot i i think it's got a chance in standard i really do my concern is graveyard hate but we got like old stick fingers which cares about very similar things there's like consuming blob there's a bunch of self mill stuff undead butler vile spawn spider so i think there's a chance but i am worried that like so many good cards like corpse appraiser or the whole prowler uh, or cemetery cycle the whole graveyard trap Trespass or Farewell. These are just like main deck cards to just happen to wreck the graveyard. So that's my biggest concern is there might just be too much curse. hate to make it work. But uh, yeah. Well, my, my, my thing here is like if this card, this I think this card would have been made more like way more playable if it like it checked other types in your yard, right? Like if it's only creatures, is that is that good? Like, God, that's so So if it bad. was like number of cards in your graveyard, that would probably be a little busted. No, no, card like types. Mana... Card types. So oh. like actually Isn't... like Goyf, but only in your yard as opposed to both yards. I feel like I I feel like if it's only your yard and in standard in specific, I think it's easier just to get a mass of creatures in your graveyard than to get like artifacts and enchantments and all that stuff. So I feel like for standard, I'd rather have it formatted this way. Although in older formats, not that this will see play there, uh, then then it gets a lot worse when you can fetch land lands into the graveyard or Mishra's Bobble and artifact into the graveyard. And, and, and it would be too broken if it checked all yards for creatures. Because, like, the fact that it only checks mine makes me real sad. I do like that it has a toughness. Like, Boneyard Worm, I tried to make Boneyard Worm <laughs> work so much back in original Innistrad. But it's a star star. So if things go wrong or on turn two, you just literally cannot cast it. Because it'll just die and have zero toughness. I like that it at least has a toughness. So you can just run it out on turn two as a, you know, a zero one and try to grow it throughout the game. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't think it's great but I, I'm going to try to build around it in standard. Well, we'll see if it works. All right. So that that is a multi-color, multi-kicker. Uh, so new mechanics in list uh, comes on Guardian of New Benalia. <laughs> One in a white, 2-2, two, two, human soldier at rare. Uh, when it enlists a creature, scry 2, discard a card, it gains indestructible until end of turn. Tap it and then enlist. As this creature attacks, you may tap a non-attacking creature you control without summoning sickness. When you do, add its power to this creature's until end of turn. Is this super banding? <laughs> this is banding. It's so bad. Which I guess is flavorful for banding, but <clears throat> yeah. is it bad? Uh, <laughs> you just give this. You just give this bad boy trample, <laughs> and then uh, you go to town, right? You 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 suit I, up your whole team into one indestructible band and go for it. We're I feel like discarding well, a card uh, to do that, though. 
<laughs> well, well, like, so you can only tap one creature. That's true. So you can tap a creature and add its power. And it also has to not be summoning sick, which I think really limits it. Like, yes. when I think about limited, this is probably a cool mechanic. But think about it in Constructed. You play that on turn two. Turn three, you play a three drop. You can't tap the three drop to add some power. So you just, like, have a normal turn. The next turn, is it really going to be worth it to tap down your three drop and not have it on defense and not have it on offense to, like, just grow the power on your two drop? In limited, maybe, but I feel like in constructed, most of the time, you'd rather just use your creatures because presumably you're playing creatures because they're good and they further your game plan and do something more than just tap down to add a little power to something else. So I don't know. I, I do like that this card. I think the card itself is pretty good. Reminds me a little bit of like Season Hollow Blade. We've seen these white two drops that can protect themselves be pretty uh, be pretty powerful. So I feel like the card itself is good, but I feel like the enlist mechanic is probably sweet and limited but i would be surprised if enlist was like something we did a lot of in constructed you're not maximizing banding seth what you need to do <laughs> is play this bear that's a two meta two two it scries to you it's basically charming prince okay we know how strong that is <laughs> and then on turn three you play like a three mana ten one okay and then on turn four you enlist the ten one and then attack with guardian of Vidalia. i i think like <laughs> You need to play creatures that suck at attacking. Or, like, you have a wall. Like, the, the defender creature mm -hmm. can enlist. Um, Tap down at zero. The yeah, zero four <laughs> at zero power. You're down Dang. one wall, Seth. Come on. You haven't seen the full spoiler yet. But there, but, there's got to oh. be something. It would help if you had trample. Because otherwise, you're just setting yeah. up this, like, band to get chump blocked. You're like, what did I accomplish? But you need, like, creatures that are bad at attacking. Um, or maybe, or maybe like a Magda type creature that you get some something from like okay. tapping, like a you know like a crew or something. Um, I could I could see yeah. that if there if there's ways to benefit from tapping your creatures, then that gets a little bit more exciting. We've seen like Magda would just spare a Sentinel be pretty powerful at various points in standard as a way to like tap your Magda without actually having to put it into combat. So if we get some stuff like that then I might be on board. And we haven't seen much of this at yet. So maybe we get those payoffs. But I think just like playing it fairly, just being like, oh, Guardian Ubanalia, that's the two drop in my human aggro deck or something. I think you're mostly going to be disappointed playing it that way. <laughs> uh, okay. Next mechanic uh, is the stun counter. Uh, <laughs> we have impede momentum, one in a blue, sorcery at common, Tap target creature and put three stun counters on it. If a permanent with a stun counter would become untapped, remove one from it. Uh, remove one from it instead. One counter, and then impede momentum has scry one. I love this mechanic. I absolutely. So this card itself, it's it's probably a, a limited card. I don't think this is a card that's going to really show up in constructed. But I love this stun counter mechanic because I feel like it allows wizards to give blue better removal but to do it in a way that's still really blue we're not doing the oh let's break the color pine just let blue exile everything or whatever no we're, we're doing it in a way that feels blue tapping stuff down is very blue the problem with tapping stuff down is it's really usually limited to tap something down or tap it down and it doesn't untap the next untap step but there's no flexibility there. Thanks to stun counters, now you can have tap something down, it doesn't untap the next three untap steps, which is essentially what this card says, but without the memory issues that would keep wizards from ever putting that on the card. So I feel like this is actually just like a really awesome way to power up blues removal without just blatantly breaking the color pie and throwing that out the window. I do, I do think that the one thing that's not blue about that example exactly unpeed momentum is that sorcery speed. Come on now, what is this? <laughs> Come on now, what is this? This should be on my opponent's turn. And you get to scry. Like, I don't know. Could you play this card in Constructed, Krim, or is this just oh, limited fodder? This card is a terrible in, in Constructed. No, no, like, no, no, no. Okay. Well, because it's like, a great mechanic, a terrible card. You can't yeah. I, I hope that we get something better. But right now, like, again, like, they drop something with haste. Cool. <laughs> I will hold on to this. I don't know. I, I like the, the mechanic, though. I just do not like the card. Yeah. No, that, I mean, it's just a random comment. I think this is kind of like draft filler, really. I don't think it's really going to be a constructed card, but I'm excited to see what they can do with the mechanic to give Blue some more flexible removal. Well, they kind of did, just not in this one. <laughs> this well, is the better. common yeah, one. Yeah, better the rare and more flexible with stun counters on it, which we don't have. I mean, in theory, this would probably still like break the color pie, but couldn't you be like 
put 10 stun counters on something and essentially just have a hard removal spell like in most situations that works right because if your creature has like a passive or, or something right like it's still not removed right so it's yeah it's just infinitely tapped down right which blue has it's blue yeah yeah i i wish they put this on older cards <laughs> like the does not untap during its next whatever's upkeep or whatever like it's so confusing like they should have made stun counters a long time ago and i wonder if they'll errata it like i wonder if we'll see those tap doesn't untap the next untap like i wonder if they'll just errata it. i guess there's an actual difference because of like proliferate or solemnity yeah. like there are cards that make it not exactly the same so they probably can't errata it but it is much cleaner i think the wording is much cleaner with stun counters why stun and not sleep as if this always been a sleep <laughs> Ooh. yeah that's a good point sleep counters might have been even better for a name all right uh last new mechanic read ahead uh comes on the phasing of zalfir to blue blue it's a saga, and it has read ahead. So choose a chapter and start with that many lore counters. Add one after your draw step. Uh, skipped chapters don't trigger. Sacrifice after three. So basically, you can start sagas like wherever you want them to be. Uh, and the phasing of Zalfir, one and two, another target non-land permanent phases out. It can't phase in for as long as you control the phasing of Zalfir. Uh, and then chapter three, destroy all creatures. For each creature destroyed this way, its controller creates a 2-2 Phyrexian black creature token. Uh, this is, this is speaking of, like, you know, Blue's wheelhouse. I don't think this is in it, but I absolutely <laughs> love it. Blue gets okay. a wrath, right? This yeah, like this. Straight wrath. If Blue were to yeah. have, like, a destroy-style wrath, I guess this is as blue as it could be i guess because i mean i'm thinking like curse of the swine things like that uh i i'm also in love with the fact that i can phase out my own things this like some people will be like well why not just go read ahead right and being able to jump ahead and just immediately blow up everything is cool but um the tempo play of like forcing your opponent to slow down their play while you protect your own play like you can actually preemptively play this like i could just play this on four with a few of my creatures and then you can choose whether or not you want to commit into it so I, I, I kind of like this. I kind of like this. Um, I think this card's really good. I love the mechanic. I think that read ahead, like sagas are already one of the best thing that Wizards has made in the last like few years. Just, just like they're so cool. The designs are good. They're fun to play with. And I think that read ahead adds a really interesting twist of having this flexibility where you can kind of play them like a saga split cards almost, but there's still sagas. There's still enchantments. You got all the same shenanigans and counter manipulation. As far as the card itself, like I could see playing this in command. Curse of Swine's pretty popular in Commander, and this seems like it's mostly an upgrade. I guess exiling matters sometimes, but if you want to get rid of everything with Curse of Swine, it's a lot of mana because it's what two in X and you exile X things. This gets rid of everything for four mana. The problem is you can't play this in Constructed, right? Are you hyped about this in Constructed, Krim, or in like Commander? Because I feel like I was thinking about like, oh, I'm playing a control deck against mono white or mono red. Is turning all their stuff into tutus actually helping you much? Like, oh. is, is that actually really doing much of anything? This is a commander card. I do, I do not. Okay. I do not think this is good and standard. I, I like. Man, I like, play Swan Song. You want him to give the whole <laughs> army of Black Phyrexians? Yeah. He, honestly, I I'm coming around on Swan Song. All right. Like sometimes. Uh, but like yeah, like this this card is super sweet uh, in Commander. I, in Constructed, I just would rather play a board wipe, like a real board wipe, one that doesn't leave my opponents with things that I'm trying to actively remove. Uh, this is still an unplayable in Commander as well. Um, what? Really? Really? Even in mono blue. Again, I would play literally anything. I would play Boom Pile, Navinral Disc, <laughs> Ugin, Karn, all is dust. Like literally anything before this board wipe, which will probably kill me. Uh, at least curse is fine. You can like just like remove the one thing and use it as spot removal, right? But this thing just like it's gonna get you killed. I, I don't. I don't consider it a board wipe at all. Like you need to play a combo deck or something. Like I don't know. You do this in Psych Rift. But then, like, did you need a combo card with Psych Rift? I'm not sure. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know. It's, is it really a board wipe you're happy with? Like, you leave, like, a couple Phyrexians on the battlefield, they'll kill you anyway, right? You're going to get a second board wipe to clean it up? Like, what are you going to do? I'm not happy with it, but I do think that, like, 
in mono blue, I'd probably at least try it. Like, people play a lot of Curse of Swines. That is, like, legitimately a staple if you look on EDH rack. I don't play a lot of Curse of Swines, but a lot of people do. So I think people, rightly or wrongly, are going to treat this as, like, a mono blue staple. I like it. I, I think it's such a, a sweet card in Commander, so. I also like that you can, like, the first lore counter is pretty cool. The the phase-out stuff. Like, yeah. it's nice that you can protect your stuff. There's also some just, like, cool manipulation. If you do any counter manipulation where you can keep removing the counters, you can just, like, keep phasing something out every turn and Whoa. and keep that stuff phased out. So I, I think it's it's a really cool card. It's a cool card. We'll see how good it ends up being. But please don't play this in your standard deck. Like, you'll be very, very sad. I guess you could try it out in your standard deck. I don't know if it's, like, good or not. I mean, actually, I'm pretty sure it's, like, off. <laughs> what, what if it's, like, a blue cell? sacrifice zombie deck or something it's not a zombie phyrexian deck <laughs> i do like that it can give your opponent a bunch of creatures like if you're trying to get him with the the dagger burn plan and trespassers curse them or like <laughs> play this into massacre worm combo like how does anyone beat that you're just dead that's a lot of hoops that you just went through that's like 10 man uh, hours of <laughs> nonsense but yeah <laughs> all right uh, let's go on to the main set i've been waiting all week the high-profile reprint, thank Mark Rosewater's not three fairy or five fairy, oh. but Liliana of the Veil, one black black at Mythic, legendary planeswalker Liliana, three starting loyalty, plus one, each player discards a card, minus two, target player sacrifices a creature, minus six, separate all permanence target player controls into two piles, that player sacrifices all permanence in the pile of their choice. I am really I did it. excited. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see how this plays in Standard. I mean, I know that already in Pioneer, there's no good red and black mid-range deck that this could go into. So, like, uh, we'll see if it makes its way into that deck in Pioneer. But at least in Standard, because the last time this card was in Standard, it was bad. Like, it, it was, like, pretty bad. Lingering Souls existed, so it's like, cool Lily, I guess. Um, I, I, I don't know. I did not like this the last time it was in Standard. However, now, it might have a chance. I am really excited to see Liliana back. I think in standard, it's going to be interesting. There are some build around synergies. We we're just talking about the new Goyf that wants stuff in your graveyard. They printed the Raven Man, which when you discard a card, you get to make a bird token. Like there's some ways to take advantage of it in standard, but really Pioneer, that's where this card is going to really have a huge impact. I think Krim uh, was kind of memeing on Rakdos midrange, but that's like legitimately the most played deck in Pioneer right now. And Liliana's just a perfect fit for what that deck's trying to do. You already got stuff like Tenacious Underdog, plus it's just a good value planeswalker. Seems great in Grease Fang, another way to yep. like discard stuff from your hand that works with the Grease Fang plan. Uh, sacrifice decks could play it. You'd play it in Jun Sack or whatever. So I think in Pioneer, we're going to see Liliana really have an impact because pioneer it's like what modern was when liliana was really good <laughs> like yeah, modern from yeah. like five years ago seven years ago when liliana was at its peak and like john was the best deck in the format that's kind of where we're at with pioneer now as far as the speed of the format and like the mid-range battles so i think that pioneer is where i'm especially hyped to see liliana take off is that why people, but what do you think richard is that why people bought a ton of like death right shamans over the last couple of days <laughs> Ooh, it might be for the Pioneer decks, or just, like, maybe it's speculation that it gets unbanned at some point. I don't know if that could play into it, but how good do you think Lily would be, Richard? You're the you're the Liliana master. Like, what do you think about Standard and Pioneer? I, I'm so excited for this, because Liliana is probably the hardest Planeswalker to use in the game. Is this right? Can we say this? Like, who would... <laughs> be up there like the plus one you don't want to use all the time you can like really set yourself back by plus one incorrectly you can ultimate <laughs> incorrectly you can ultimate at the wrong time like oftentimes yep. it's not correct to alt people are like oh six alt and it's wrong uh you can also split the piles incorrectly uh if your opponent has a creature do you put down lily and minus two or do you put down lily and plus one and absorb the hit so i actually think lily's actually one of the hardest planeswalkers to use of all time maybe like jace but because you have to brainstorm, but you're brainstorming every turn. So, like, is that even hard? Um, but, yeah, so... I mean, very there were times you had to figure out... Like, Planeswalkers, like, that era of Planeswalkers, it wasn't so obviously just, like, one-sided good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, like, yeah, like, Jace being able, you forcing you to, like, know what to Fate Seal, when to Fate Seal, you know, like, I'll go up and counters, brainstorm. Lily, the same way, right? Like, do I activate this turn? It's actually not always correct to just activate every turn. And also yep. required you to like play around it, like you know, and plan for it. Hey, this don't next get card, cryptic I'm hold commanded it. and lose your lily. I guess ah, nowadays it's Brazenborn. 
right? Or, oh, the, the best is getting rules lawyered by Lily. Oh, I got so many good stories. If your opponent <laughs> has a, um, a ley line of, what's the white ley line that can't Sanctity? be targeted? Sanctity. Sanctity, And yeah. you alt Lily, you ultimated yourself. So, <laughs> yep. so, so someone can call a judge on you. If you declare you alt Lily, someone has a ley line out. You just altered yourself. Good luck. And then the arena slash moto special. So uh, you choose the pile to sacrifice. So many times yep. people choose the wrong pile on moto. Yep. I'm going to, I want to see how arena handles oh. this, whether they intend the right pile to be kept or not on a Liliana alt you, uh, will be hilarious. You know, there's going to. You know, there's going to be angry, angry comments on Reddit from people who sacrificed the wrong pile. It took me like a while to do it right on Magic Online. There definitely have been many times when I intuitively think, oh, pick the pile I want to keep. So I yep. just click on the one I want to keep. And then, oh, there goes, there goes all my good stuff. Uh, G, 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 shame scoop time. And then uh, in historic, you can now thought seize into Goish, into Lily. Yeah. Right. That's yeah, the thing. All, I think that's and then Bob. get destroyed by John. some alchemy cards. <laughs> they built, they built John. You can actually pretty much play modern John, very close to modern John in historic now. Yeah. Is that going to make you play historic, Richard? Are you? Are, is Liliana going to change how you play Magic? Because I know it's no. it's like your favorite card, right? That it was Goldfish. Wasn't it codenamed Liliana no, before it, you actually it's named still, it Every day I go to the directory called Liliana and I do my work. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, she's my favorite planeswalker of all time. Uh, but I don't. I think people hear of her and like modern Jund and they think she's like the best ever, but she's like very situational. So it'll be interesting to see if she actually has a home in standard. Like Krim said, during the first time around, she was like, okay, right? There was like one deck she could go into. It's not okay, like a three fairy where you try to like <laughs> splash the colors and jam into every deck you can imaginable. Uh, it's double black and you need to do specific things. So uh, I played Lily in original standard. Dude, she was uh, I, so bad, except for against Geist. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, all those Geist to say trap players cried so hard when they played me, right? But did uh, did, did they though? Because <laughs> those uh, decks also uh, probably didn't care. Uh, but yeah, I, I will I will I will jam her in standard. Uh, I don't think she's good in 2022. We'll see. We'll see with the the power creep of cards. But like that plus one is not a real ability most of the time, especially if you're playing like mid range battles. Uh, it's really good against like control or a combo where you're trying to get rid of their hand, but cards are so out. efficient nowadays. You don't need a three card combo to win the game. You need one card. Uh, so uh, that, that Lily plus one is sad. Outside um, of Kroxa, I think this Lily, believe it or not, as much as I meme on it, like just like, you know, easily slotting into Rakdos midrange, I think this will help with yeah. a lot against Rakdos decks, believe it or not, because. One of the, like, Rakdos deck's most powerful threats is Graveyard Trespasser. But now that you can just, like, immediately play this, get rid of a Trespasser while eating away at the hand, this card's pretty good I, I in a Rakdos mirror, right? Yeah, I think yeah, it is nice that you get around the legit place for this card. Because I think, yeah. historic, you're going to get power crept by alchemy cards. Standard. I don't know. I mean, I've been playing Jund in Historic, and it's been pretty fun. I think the issue has been finding a Bob replacement. I'm using Glint Sleep is it Siphoner. Oh, it's... it's <laughs> uh, is, is it isn't. fun or is it good? Tarmogoyf's, like, pretty bad, yeah, right? Yeah, I've played Tarmogoyf's with Jund, too, bad. and I, the deck is pretty good, but Goyf most of the time is, like, the worst card yeah. in the deck. Sometimes you hit the right matchup, and it's like, oh, I got him. It's like a 5-6, and this is awesome. But yeah. most of the time, it's people, like, running out 1-2s and 2-3s, and just like... Yo, that's a great yeah, nice, nice Goyf. Goyf. Yeah, like, I actually <laughs> feel like I skipped a draw step every time I hit a Goyf. <laughs> uh, and then new art... If you want to up, you want to upgrade your art. Uh, Lily's still pretty expensive. Kind of sad. <laughs> the price memory on this card oh. is very strong. <laughs> hopefully, much... hopefully it keeps coming down. It's the right now the pre-sales are listed. Well, the mid is listed at a uh, almost fifty, but you can pick up copies on Card Kingdom for thirty-five. So hopefully it drops down like thirty-ish, which is a pretty big drop from where it was before. Yeah. I mean, this is what the first new art for Lily of the Veil. Yeah. Was there a promo art? I'm no, trying to think if there was like it's always same. been the Steve Argyle oh. art, and now we yeah. have two new arts. The Borderless version has a new art, and then the um, the main Wait, set version has an art. So now you have three Borderless arts version of Liliana of the Veil. There, yes. there is. Yeah, I mean the new art. Oh, I love that one. The, 
The new art's good, but boy, the old art's just so iconic at this point that it, I don't know. I think it's still my favorite just because I've been playing with it for so long. I mean, the, the, the new art, <laughs> the new I'm art just looks like a photo. Now. <laughs> See, Richard, now you the- get it. Now you get it. <laughs> I, I, I need the anime Liliana. Okay, you do. Really <laughs> Jeff Mix and match. Get out of here. Give me a new Liliana of the Veil. <laughs> Ooh, done by Amano also. Oh, okay, what you do here, though, is you mix and match now. Because you can finally do it. Innistrad, RPTQ, new one, new one, full art. Boom. <laughs> Four different artworks. Uh, like, like I, I'm totally in love with the, the full art one. That one's way cooler. The, the one that's here is, like, obviously really pretty, but it kind of just looks like I took a photo and I just put on a card. And then it's done so well. It looks like yeah, it's cosplay. It, it looks too real. Um, whereas Liliana the Veil, the the full art one, like she looks way more along the lines of, like Professor Onyx, and actually has like like zombies behind her, uh, and looks way more like a necromancer. And I super duper like that. Okay, uh, we got a lot of cards to get through, so let's 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 zip through. We'll go Karn Living Legacy. Four generic mana, legendary planeswalker Karn. Four starting loyalty, plus one. Create a tapped power stone token. It's an artifact with tap add colorless. This mana can't be spent to cast a non-artifact spell. Minus one. Pay any amount of mana. Look at that many cards on the top of your library. Then put one of those cards into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Minus seven. You get an emblem with tap and untapped artifact you control. This emblem deals one damage to any target. This card's Seth, bad. I you said it was top think, five worst planeswalker of all yeah, time. Yeah, I, I think bad. there's a real argument that this is one of the worst non-planeswalker deck planeswalkers that's ever printed. Like, it doesn't do anything good. It's negative one. It's kind of Aladdin's lamp. Like, it is such a horrible <laughs> way to draw a card. The artifacts that make you can't use them on anything. It doesn't ramp you for much relevant stuff. I really, it doesn't protect itself at all. I, it, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, this is a plant for the future. We know we're going into Brothers War. Wizards is already hyping up big artifacts. We know we're going back to Mirrodin or Phyrexia, which is all about artifacts. But after thinking about it more, I don't think any amount of big artifacts is going to save this card. I think this is just like absolutely stone unplayable and literally one of the worst Planeswalkers they've ever made. I I, I agree with that entirely. I, I saw this and I was like, art's really cool. <laughs> but but like other than that, <laughs> like this is awful. I don't know. I mean, maybe I get proven wrong and I'd love to see how. But like this card is bad. I hope I'm proven wrong because Karn's sweet. I love like Karn is just like such an iconic character. So it kind of makes me sad to see just like such a bad version. So is this the Karn? Token the, is tapped, you know so what? Even ramp on that same turn. Whenever a planeswalker yeah, has living in it, it's bad. Chase the living guild pack, Karn the living <laughs> Ooh, legacy. Like yo, oh my god. A- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What What do you do with it on turn four? You play this on turn four. You plus one to make a tap <laughs> artifact token that doesn't do anything. You negative one, but you can't draw a card because you gotta have mana available to even be able to draw a card with it. It's just like four mana do literally nothing. Like also, and nothing, the, and then it just gets attacks and dies. The humorous thing is the emblem is not good. It's like like, <laughs> like you can ping for one. Like I would have to. Emblem. I actually think the emblems are right. All but. right, are you ser- for an? Okay, okay. In in terms of like just like yes, maybe general things to have happen when you tap your artifact. Sure, that's great. But this is a planeswalker ultimate we're talking about, dude. Like it's not even like oh my god, it's offensive. It's actually just offensive. Like what is this? By the time you alt, you would have what three power stones? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so you, you could I can ghost fire There's- you like, like, like if I tap all my artifacts that I can't even use on anything else oh my god i i wouldn't worry about it because there's no way this is living long enough to ultimate like that's just not not a thing that can happen i believe you might see this ultimate more than you would think because no one will care about because no one cares like like, i remember this reminds me when i had tybalt out and then my opponent just didn't even attack tybalt (laughs) like (laughs) this is hurting you more than it's helping you please keep randomly looting your hand away (laughs) what what happened to this card that the minus one you have to pay mana and minus one to look at a card and draw a card. Like, I don't understand why it's so I wonder expensive. If- why is it not, like, look at, like, you know, equal to number of artifacts you control or something, right? Or, like, a zero pay mana and draw or, like, why do you have to pay mana and loyalty? Like, I'm so confused. I We've never seen that before, right? I believe this is the first loyalty ability that you have to pay mana for it to do anything. Yep. I'm pretty sure. I Which feel like this is a card that maybe was, like, Power Stones on <sighs> 
You actually you can. can. The way it's worded really weirdly is the mana from the power stones can't be can't be spent to cast a oh, non-artifact so spell. So you can use it to pay for abilities, nice. which I guess is a little upside. But like but yeah, there's no there's no way this good card is double negative. Good. Do you think this would be fine at yeah. two mana? I think this would have been good at like <laughs> actually good at two mana, but then like passable at like three. Yeah, at least then you could look at it like a bad mana rock. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 but if four God. is just like three mana make a power expensive. stone and then it dies, that's so. I, I look funny. at this and I look at Oko and I'm like, what happened? Okay, hey, um, this hey, feels like a card that was broken. Do, look, I bet this. Do not bring that up because because we are returning. I bet to this was broken. <laughs> I bet it was super pushed and they had to tone it down. That's the only thing that makes sense to me is this was like broken during playtesting, so they just like we got to make it safe and just made it unplayable. I thought for at first when I when I first read this the power shard thing or power stone thing what was the one from the dominaria that we recently came from is the art power stone shard that, that makes a bunch of mana and is actually good right yeah. the one where it adds an additional one for each other copy of power stone shard yeah, that's right? what i thought this was too yeah and then this that would have been good. this is just a terrible like lotus petal looking thing it's right? not even <laughs> lotus it's like delayed lotus petal like oh my god <laughs> uh okay how about a johnny sleeper agent one green uh phyrexian Green, white, and then white. So four mana, uh, four loyalty completed. So you can pay life instead of that Phyrexian symbol uh, to life. And if it was paid, you start with two fewer loyalty. Plus one, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature or planeswalker, put it into your hand. Otherwise, you may put it on the bottom of your library. Minus three, distribute three plus one plus one counters among up to three target creatures. They gain vigilance until end of turn. Minus six, you get an emblem with whenever you cast a creature planeswalker spell, target opponent gets two poison counters. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the planeswalkers in this set? I don't know. This is so I, bad. I, <laughs> really? You think a Johnny's? I don't think a Johnny's. So I mean, bad. it's not. It's Karn not bad. like a Karn yeah, or yeah. something. Well, it's not yeah. Karn living. I mean, it's not a Johnny living sleeper agent. So you know, we're we're <laughs> we're good there, right? We know it passes that check, but like. I don't know. I don't think this is that great. I, I like the minus three, but God, that could have been like what I, would have been broken if it were minus two. Like if I play this for its Phyrexian cost, it it like dies. So it doesn't even like you can't even use the minus three. You can't you can't use it. It's yeah. yeah, you got to plus it. I, I like it. I think it's like, OK, I think this is like just perfectly OK. The other planeswalkers I, uh, in this set are way better, but like this one is just okay. I don't hate it. It's not Karn Living Legacy, uh, but it's also just, eh. I guess I like it more than the other completed planeswalker. I don't know. Ever since the complete, like so far of the two completed planeswalkers, the only thing I've noticed is that when they get completed, they are very midi mediocre. <laughs> like so. So I actually think a Johnny is decent. I think you got to be in a specific deck. You need like a, a Coco style deck where you're playing like 30 creatures or planeswalkers. If you're like 50% to draw a card with the plus one, then I think it's in the conversation and doubly so if you have some sort of plus one plus one counters energy. So I think it's like the kind of decks that would want this are pretty narrow. There's not a ton of them. But in those specific decks, I think a Johnny's fine. I don't think it's going to be the best card in your deck, but I don't think it's going to be super disappointing. And then the ultimate I think is actually kind of good it reads weird but it's a little bit like chandra torture defiance where if you cast so many spells you win the game and a johnny casts five spells and you poison your opponent out of the game we'll have to see if you get more poison stuff i guess maybe that would be even better but it, it still is you know win the game if you can survive for a few more turns and cast a few more spells so Ch i don't think chandra. it's great but i think it's like well, but Chandra's emblem will kill you, right? Like faster yeah, than this, this one. one. This one is like cool. It'll kill you faster. This one I can't. I but this can't one put still kills counters you. on on your planeswalker, right? Like, what if I want to redirect for removal? That's like it's not as good as Chandra's ability, but it's still like it'll still close out the game, right? Eventually, yeah, yeah. Sure. Maybe. You have to cast five spells to kill your opponent <laughs> with poison counters, and you need to assume that they did not do anything to stop you like the with chandra you can like hit them down with like creatures right like you can get them low and then the, the emblem can finish them off or whatever right so and you can kill creatures or whatever yeah, yeah. if you're in a pinch you I feel this is like the liliana the case where you get to six loyalty you may not want an emblem you may want to sit there and keep plus one one draw <laughs> cards or whatever right or get get more plus one plus one counters but I think this card sucks. I think it's poo poo. Yeah. I think, yes, there's one deck, and that deck is exactly go wide plus one plus one counters. But even then, those are usually token 
uh, decks yeah. and token decks are usually not creature decks. So it seems really bad. I don't know what happened to the Planeswalkers in this set. They just... I mean, Liliana and Jaya. Yeah, I think Jaya. I think we all we all like those two. Karn, horrible. Ajani, me. I'm still sticking with medium. I don't think it's as bad as you guys do, but it's it's not all teams, but no one cares. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) just go. Whatever. Go. I'm the worst player on your sports team, and I've switched teams. Okay, dude. Cool. Uh, all right. Uh, Children, the Apocalypse, two black, black, legendary creature, Phyrexian Praetor at Mythic, four, five, death touch. Whenever you draw a card, you gain two life. When an opponent draws a card, they lose two life. Speaking of the Planeswalkers, right, you know, and how much they've fallen this set. What is this? Like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking commander. In commander, this is awesome. I think this is a, a, a fun card there. I'm talking 60 card constructed here. We're talking standard. This is like doo doo, right? Like this is. It doesn't even draw me an additional card. Like it doesn't even do, trigger itself. <laughs> it is you know, a four mana, four five death touch. It is. I, it is a body. Is, I don't. It's think, a. I don't think it's bad. Like, no, no, no. Okay, it, let me let me rephrase. I think it is bad for a Shealdred. I I think that the the re- recent return to Praetors, only Vorinclex and and Jin were like really good. Like oh my god, Urubras is like caca water. This card is like real caca water. And then like, I mean like so so what? Like I play you play this and then and then what? Right? Like I just spent four mana for a four or five. It's I feel like this is actually a good card. Like I I feel like so. I get what Krim's saying because my impression is like it doesn't feel epic to me, and I was expecting like. I was expecting the Praetors to feel more epic, like these huge, flashy, like, effects. And Shieldra doesn't feel like that. But I feel like from a more spiky perspective, isn't this, like, a decent card? Like, it reminds me a little bit of Obsidat Ghost Council, how, like, it's draining for two every turn cycle. You're gaining life, your opponent's losing life, and you're getting a pretty, like, decent body of four or five death touch for four is, like, pretty reasonable. I don't know. I feel like it's just, like, a random mid-range threat. I would play this in a standard deck, I think, potentially. Funny enough, like, I this doesn't pass the, like, give me a Siege Dies right to Doomblade. It, okay, well, actually doesn't die to Doomblade. Okay, it doesn't die to Doomblade technically, <laughs> right? But essentially, so if you if you play this and you get to untap with it, it's like kind of Siege Rhino, right? You, <laughs> assuming your opponent drew one card and you draw a card, you dealt two damage, uh, gain two life. It's a four or five death touch. The problem is it's legendary, so if you have multiple of these, you get flooded. Uh, it actually dies to removal uh, quite easily. So I actually think it kind of sucks. Like You just play it and then hope your opponent draws a bunch of cards and then they die. Like, yeah. Is that the game plan with this? Make like, them they, make They're digging for an answer, right? And they're like drawing five cards and they die and I got you, right? Like Is that what's going on? Like It doesn't seem strong enough for today's... Yeah, like standard. It, we'll have to see what the standard looks like, but a four mana four five death touch, would you play that? No. That right? seems like an uncommon. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's the problem. Like it I doesn't mean, do anything. Right. Remember like, Reaper of the Wild, Seth? That was a four mana four five death touch. Yeah, but this is like <laughs> stabilizing you against aggro. It's draining your opponent with direct damage. Yeah. I think the drain ability, I think you're underrating. Like, I feel like you play this against mono red or mono white, and you just slam it, and it's a body they can't easily get through, and you're gaining two a turn, which means they're not gonna be able to burn you out or whatever. Oh, I don't know. That. I guess I'll buy that. Mono yeah. white can yeah. get through yeah. this pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got Death Touch. Worst case, it trades with Adeline or something. <laughs> no, no, even they if just it's big, brutal but... cathar it, or or they. Oh yeah, they I mean, just they remove it, it yeah. right? Which is like why I'm mono red, sure, but it, mono red's a meme in like standard. So like, <laughs> yeah, they got lightning strike now. Grim. Oh, oh Look you're out. right. Okay, Grim's okay, coming okay. for you. You know, you know what I was hoping? Uh, like, there's a part of me that was hoping this would be like a lightweight or some kind of a Phyrexian obliterator adjacent thing. Ooh, but that would be sweet. We we could use some more obliterators. It's been a while. At least then mono red can't just like swing into it, right? Like or do whatever. But this card is just kind of it doesn't do enough. I'm sorry. I I I think it depends on the meta game. Like if if everyone is playing like mono red and flame slash or whatever, like this card is a house, right? If people like 
you know, can just remove this easily and this doesn't, you know, it's like mid-range fast when you play this and you're super sad about this card. So I think it depends on the metagame. I think we still have both all right. Of Seth is right. There's like some metagames where this thing will be really good. You might put in your sideboard, you might put it in main deck. And then there's other metagames where this does like literally nothing and you're so sad every time. You would pitch it to Lily plus one, right? And play yeah. your land instead. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, so I, I don't know, right? Uh, it powers I, up Goyce. I know we're... <laughs> It, you that can it does. say Pretty that in graveyard. 2022 standard. It powers up <laughs> the goyf. I, I know we're running long, but I got to ask you guys about this one card real quick because this was a big topic on social media, and I want to know if I'm the one that's off base or if the rest of the world is actually crazy, and that's Plaza of Heroes. It's a new land. Comes into play untapped. It can make a generic mana. You can tap it to add one mana of any color, but only spend it on legendary spells. You can tap it to add one mana of any color among legendary permanents you control, and you can pay three, tap it, exile it to make target legendary creature gain hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. When this was spoiled, pretty much everyone I saw was saying, this is a new commander staple. This is command tower. You play this in every single deck. You got a commander that's a legend. This will help you cast it. And then once you get your commander, this is going to be an actual command tower. And you got the upside of protecting things. This card is so insane. When I read it, I was like, I don't know. It seems good in like legendary tribal, but I wouldn't play this in every commander deck. So am I off base here? Is this a new ultra staple in commander that you play, just slam it in every deck and it's going to work out? Or is it more limited than that in your opinion? I do not think this is an auto include. Like, it does not actually just make a mana instantly, right? It is, Or it does, but, like, not one that might matter. Because I, I do care about my colored resources, and this only will give me that if I have a commander. Or, right. or, or cast another a legend legendary or something, spell, yeah. right? Like, which is why I think it's great in Legendary Tribal, like a Sisse deck. I think that... That deck, it's going to be an all-star in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you're a legendary matters, it's great. And I could see an argument for, like, mono-colored Voltron for the protection ability. If you're playing, like, mono-green Thrun or mono-black Yargle, maybe you play this as just an extra way to protect your creature. Correct. But what do you think about this one, Richard? <sighs> you know, I only play, like, two basic lands, and <laughs> there's a problem <laughs> with it. So if you care about your commander in any way, I think this card is an auto-include. Um, you know, if you're playing like a two three color deck do you just slam this in because it's like kind of bad command tower but protects your commander i'm like maybe uh but like would you play field of dead or would you play this or would you play you know insert any utility land there's so many utility lands in commander now that i think you know this has a hard time slotting in so i would say if you care about your commander living like really care about it like it's like your engine or your voltron or something then you play this card if not, I would guess like random utility land is better than this. There's a lot of competition these days. There's so many lands competing for those finite. I mean, you need dual lands. You need some number of basic lands. And then there's so many utility lands competing for whatever like, slots you, you have you left. Would you play over, a lock twain so. over this? Oh, so I actually probably I actually don't think the protection ability is that great in most decks. You do got to leave up four mana like you need three. And yeah. you have to tap Blow this. Up your own land. And it exiles. That's a like a that's a high cost. Like leaving up four mana in case someone interacts with your thing. I think like you said, Richard, you have to be a deck that really cares. Like if I can protect my commander or whatever, I win the game with it. Then it's probably worth it to leave up four mana. But I think just like in a generic deck, I imagine that I would mostly be just tapping this for whatever mana I can get out of it rather than trying to leave up four mana to protect something. It just seems like a really high cost for protecting stuff. Yeah, I agree with Seth. This was unplayable. <laughs> you know, you know, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Let me, I, I played Tyrate of Sanctum. How does this stack up? Huh? Wait, I, I forgot what the Kardashian does. Let me try to. That's the Kaldheim one, right? Trite, what is Trite it called? Sanctum. Trite Sanctum. Oh. Comes into play untapped, pay to tap it. Oh, it makes a generic mana. Yep. Pay to tap it, target legendary becomes a god. Uh, in addition to its other types, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Pay four, sack it, put an indestructibility counter on target god. So more to get going, but it can potentially let you give something indestructible forever as opposed to just one turn. So I play this in Rograk and when I want to keep my commander alive because A, it, it gives you like... With Colossus Hammer, 11 power to double strike kill someone. But then you can just make your commander indestructible and call it a day. The good yeah. news is, like, you pay it and you're done. Whereas with Plaza, you have to hold four mana the entire game. 
uh, yeah. to, you know, be yeah. ready in response. And like, who can do that, right? Especially the decks that want this. Like, you need to like play your equipment or your auras or whatever, right? So I guess if you're playing like Kenrith or something, but you can never do it because end of turn you like tap out to use an ability and then just kill your creature, right? You can't just hold four mana. So I agree with that. This card is actually trash. <laughs> I think it's a trap card, I, actually, that people... I, like, it's not even... It'd be If it was, like, a common, it'd be a good budget, like, land. <laughs> but it's, like, an expensive land, so it doesn't really count, right? Like, uh, so, I, yeah. I will still say, if, if you're playing Legendary Matters, then I think it's actually pretty good fixing. Like, if a high percentage of your cards are Legends, then it's actually, like, just a okay dual land, because it's tapping for whatever. Kind of like Cavern of Souls in a tribal deck. Like, yeah, yeah it's going to be colorless for some things, but if most of my deck is Elves, then this is, like, actually a good dual land. So that's that's a place that I would be hyped for it. But, yeah, just, like, I don't think you jam it in every deck. But we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong, because other people seem super high on this card. Anyway... I think that brings us to the end of our cast for today. Probably no time for fish mail, but Richard, uh, if we get to some fish mail next week, where should people be uh, sending their questions? All right, cue them up on Twitter at mggoldfish with the hashtag mggfishmail, and we'll get them to we'll get to them when there are less spoilers to talk about. Yeah, and I believe. That brings us to the end of episode 395 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we will be back next week to talk about more Dominaria. We'll have the full set by then and whatever else goes on in the world of magic. So, until then, have a lovely week, everyone. And this is a crew signing out.